Hey, we're honoured that you have chosen to join us for this episode of Lichen Scripture, for your soul's profit and learning. The podcast for those interested in applying ideas from Scripture in their own lives. We will seldom cover every verse, only occasionally give background information, but always model a method of likening the Scriptures. Today we are discussing some verses from 1 Nephi, chapters 13 through 15. So all three of these chapters are still related to Lehi's dream and Nephi's desire to see it for himself and understand the meaning of it. However, in both chapters 13 and 14, none of the allegorical aspects of Lehi's dream are referred to. In chapter 13, it continues the history, or rather the prophecy, because it's talking about things that haven't happened, of the world and particularly the American continents including the coming forth of the Bible and the Book of Mormon. In chapter 14, the covenants made with Abraham are extended to all peoples, and specifically to the Gentiles. There are actually only two categories of people, those who are for the Lord and those who are not for the Lord. Nephi sees the end of the world, but he is forbidden to write beyond his seeing the Lord's triumph over wickedness in the last days, because the writing about the rest has been reserved for someone else. And the vision comes to an end in chapter 14. However, chapter 15 is still a chapter about Lehi's dream, because Nephi is able to explain the words of Lehi to his family. The chapter is actually a reasonably succinct summary and explanation of the main points of Lehi's dream and his message about the branches of the house of Israel. It's essentially a synopsis of the path and the milestones on our way back to God. Two additional side notes about these chapters. Both of them actually come from chapter 14. Early on in chapter 14, It indicates that the Gentiles who do not harden their hearts against the Lamb of God will be numbered among the children of Abraham and be heir to the same blessings that were promised to all the other children of Abraham, all the literal descendants. In fact, in verse 2, it says not only the promises made to Abraham, but the promises made to Lehi can apply to Gentiles who follow the Lord. It goes on to say in verse 3 that those who are founded upon the devil and his children, who generally are trying to undermine the progress of others back to God, and that undermining is likened to a great pit, it says that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of others shall be filled by those who digged it to their utter destruction, not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into hell which hath no end. For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil, and that struck me as interesting. So the, the rewards that Heavenly Father offers are eternal life and exaltation. The rewards that Satan offers, according to this, are utter destruction for us to be miserable like unto him. Yeah? For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil. So this is the reward that he meets out. Just seems to be a very stark contrast between the two beings we could choose to follow. Secondly, when I was reading this chapter, I found it difficult, verse 8. The angel asks Nephi, Rememberest thou the covenants of the Father unto the house of Israel? Nephi answers, Yes. And then it seems to go off on a tangent. Verse 9 seems to have no relationship. 
I found that in verse 17 is where we link back up again. So that is a tangent, in fact, between verse 8 and verse 17. Some information that's important for us to know. But the question about remembering the covenants relates to, and when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of all harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are of the house of Israel. How would you liken verse 37 to yourself? And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day, for they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day, and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. And whoso shall publish peace, yea, tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. 1 Nephi chapter 13 verse 37 My thoughts were that I could liken this at two levels, at a macro level and at a micro level. So it talks about us seeking to bring forth Zion, that we will have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost, and that if we endure to the end we'll be lifted up and have great joy and be considered with joy by others. Yeah, How beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. So at the macro level, this is clearly talking about us going out and gathering Israel, giving our friends and our scriptural neighbors the opportunity to know more about Jesus Christ and make the choice to follow him. But for me, it can also be used at a micro level, where I am looking at doing this for the people in my immediate family. Establish, bring forth my Zion in that day in my house. Make sure that they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. Help them to endure to the end, so that they will be lifted up at the last day and can be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. Both very important. Generally, we have times in our lives where we have greater opportunity to do this on a macro level. But we should be focusing daily on ensuring we are doing this on a micro level. And behold, I, Nephi, am forbidden that I should write the remainder of the things which I saw and heard. Wherefore, the things which I have written sufficeth me, and I have written but a small part of the things which I saw. And now I make an end of speaking concerning the things which I saw while I was carried away in the Spirit. And if all the things which I saw are not written, the things which I have written are true. And thus it is. Amen. 1 Nephi chapter 14 verses 28 and 30 What strikes me in these verses is essentially the comment that Nephi says, Wherefore the things which I have written sufficeth me, and I have written but a small part of the things which I saw, and I make an end of speaking. And if all the things which I saw are not written, the things which I have written are true. The way that I felt to apply it to myself is that maybe too often I have a tendency to put too much detail into talks, into lectures to my kids, into Sunday school lessons or comments in Sunday school class, maybe even into my journal. Nephi is actually forbidden specifically, and there's a real purpose for him being forbidden. Yes, I've at times sat in Sunday school meeting, for example, and wondered what the point was of the person who was responding 
of whether they were giving us a nugget of wisdom or whether they were trying to show us the whole range of their knowledge and ability. And as soon as I start thinking that, I start thinking, and what do they think when I'm talking? Because I possibly have the same kind of tendency. I know I used to get frustrated when a parent would take a long time to get to the point, usually when I was in some kind of trouble. Possibly I learned more or was more inclined to be repentant if they didn't take quite so long to get to the point and didn't spend so much time berating. No doubt that times there is an appropriate opportunity to explain a lot, but perhaps there are times for me and maybe for you where we could pay attention to what we're doing and evaluate whether the amount of information we're imparting is optimal or debilitating. And then the final verse we want to look at is from chapter 15, verse 3. For he truly spake many great things unto them, which are hard to be understood, save a man should inquire of the Lord. And they being hard in their hearts, therefore they did not look unto the Lord as they ought. 1 Nephi, chapter 15, verse 3. As mentioned, this is where Nephi has an opportunity to explain to his brethren about Lehi's dream. I want to give kudos to the brethren who do not always appear to be brilliant young men, dedicated young men. But in this particular case, they are discussing religious things. They have an interest in knowing more. Perhaps we could say they don't have enough desire to approach the Lord themselves, but they have an interest in finding out more about what their father had said and what it meant. So they were having a religious discussion, which is good. They were seeking information from others, which is good. But they seem to always rely on externals and never actually internalize the doctrine. But I specifically want to comment on, For he truly spake many great things unto them, which were hard to be understood, save a person should inquire of the Lord. So there are some things that are hard to understand. Chief among them in the scriptures tend to be some of the chapters of Isaiah and tend to be some of the chapters of Revelations. But I wonder if it could also include things that are hard to understand logically. One example, tithing. It's not logical, even though almost all the promised blessings are temporal. But if I feel I have insufficient income to pay necessary bills, and someone comes to me and says, if you take 10% of that income that you think is insufficient and give it to the Lord, you will be blessed to have enough. Logically does not make sense. Here, we need to inquire of and rely upon the Lord. Another common one, perhaps more common for me, is when there is time pressure. For example, going through university and, for some reason, all the courses tended to have all their assignments due about the same time. So there would be intense time pressure. And there would be the temptation to take the week off from church so that there would be more time for assignments or to skip family home evening this week, or whatever. So does that mean if we fail to try, if we do not inquire of the Lord, which is essentially putting trust in God, are we being hard in our hearts? Are we the opposite to a broken heart and a contrite spirit? The time pressure thing? It is reasonable for me to assume, to believe, to expect that if I do the things that the Lord asks me to do, that he will bless me in my righteous endeavors. 
and certainly my desire to complete my education and therefore be able to better provide for my family is a righteous desire. But if I believe that skipping church, avoiding responsibilities like family home evening, is a positive step, I am being somewhat faithless and hard-hearted. For this verse, I need to think about more those times where I don't put the Lord first for seemingly really logical reasons and see if I can make some changes to that. So we challenge you to choose just one verse, idea or concept from 1 Nephi chapter 11 through to 15, this week's reading, that you are going to actively apply during the coming seven days. Now remember to make sure that you take a moment to explain to yourself not just what you will liken in your life, but also how you will apply it this week. We sincerely hope this podcast provides you both benefit and enjoyment. Remember, it is the application of Scripture currently relevant to you and the focus on Jesus Christ in your own life that are important and that we are trying to encourage. If you've had success with likening Scriptures, we'd love to hear details, including the specific verses, what impressed you, and or how you applied it. Let us know also whether you would be happy for us to share your experience with others on the podcast. You can share your experience with us on our Facebook page or use the contact page at likeandscripture.com. We look forward to catching up with you again next time. Until then, may God bless all your righteous endeavors.